ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal land. This is ABC News Daily. It used to be known as wagging, skipping a day of school here and there. But now Australia is facing a much deeper problem, with thousands of students refusing to go at all. It was first blamed on the pandemic, but now it's clear the problem runs far deeper. Today, the ABC's national education and parenting reporter, Connor Duffy, on school refusal and what can be done to stop it. Connor, let's start by talking about Amy. She has two sons. Tell me a bit about the family. Yeah, so Amy's a a mum based in Melbourne, and like most parents, she's deeply invested in her children's education. Yeah, they're they're beautiful kids and very got a lot of friends. And um, Leo is eleven, and Rory is nine. They're really bright and initially enjoyed going to school. Both of them are neurodiverse, and Leo also has a physical disability. Um, they're both autistic, and they both have um, developmental coordination disorder, which is um, otherwise known as dyspraxia. So they tie very easily and have uh, struggle with fine and gross motor skills. Rory's in year three now, and until this year, he was the kind of kid that ran into the classroom every day without a backward glance. And he was getting support at school in the form of a teacher's aide, but funding for that role was withdrawn. And Amy says that's when he started having problems. I can't even, it's it's been an absolute nightmare. It's really hard to see your kids distressed and, and trying to help them and advocate for them and, you know, not getting anywhere. Right, and now Amy really struggles to get the boys to go to school. Yeah, that's right. She estimates at the moment that Rory's only going about three days a week and Mm. his specialists had recommended um, that the school make what are known as reasonable adjustments um, for him in the classroom, things like written instructions and headphones to block excessive noise. And that's something that's been around for a while to try and accommodate kids with different needs. But Amy struggled to either get the school to implement them or to implement them in a way that doesn't make Rory a target for bullies and Mm. now it's pretty much a daily battle with him crying and begging not to go. And then they label you that parent because, you know, you're having to keep asking, could they please do what they're obliged to do? And, they, yeah, it's it's been really tough. Mm. How awful. And she also struggles with Leo as well, so it's really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. He was going to school full-time until the pandemic hit and his mum says that's when the wheels really fell off for him but that it kind of just highlighted a problem that had been ongoing and there for a while as he developed through school. And we've heard this from other parents, you know, initially their peers are very, very accepting of any differences, but as kids get older, that isn't always the case. And he's in year six this year, but hasn't even attended since year five. He's developed um, post-traumatic stress kind of reactions if he attempts to walk into the school. Um, So it's been a really rough journey. 
Oh, gosh. Okay. It sounds really, really tough for Amy and her kids. And they're facing a pretty unique set of circumstances. But Connor, you've been having a good look at this and there are more and more kids that aren't turning up for school. That's right. But it's something that we're only really just beginning to understand. And the term for it is school refusal. Mm -hmm. And after a lot of anecdotal reports that it was a a growing problem, a Senate inquiry uh, was commissioned and they've just handed down their report. We know that refusal or avoidance is a strong message from our young person that there is a disconnect. Behaviours are a young person's tool to communicate and, and that disconnection happens when something needs addressing. Uh, it found there were thousands of kids across the country missing out on school every day. And when the inquiry was, was set up, there was a sense that this had sort of only happened as a result of the pandemic with these reports we were hearing of kids who just didn't come back to the classroom after Mm. remote learning. But really, as we're getting to understand it uh, better, we know that it's something that's been around for a while. It's really so serious for families that it can affect parents' abilities to hold down their own jobs because they have to spend so much time looking after the kids. It can really strain relationships as parents kind of struggle to get to grips with what's a really new phenomenon with not a lot of really good information about there and then to, you know, agree on a strategy for for dealing with it and tackling, you know, the distress of their children every day, particularly for a generation that, you know, when they were kids, you were just sort of dropped off and pushed out the door no matter what. So, Connor, just explain for me, school refusal, that's different, is it, than just that old-fashioned type of truancy just not turning up for school? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's been around just forever. Kids sort of wagging, whopping school. It's often without the parents' knowledge. What's different about this is that children and the parents are very, very aware of what's going on. And the kids are basically just saying, you know, school is so harmful to my health that if I go there, you know, I'm going to continue to develop mental health problems that can start quite mild with kids maybe missing days here and there and then get to, you know, the really full-blown level, like we mentioned with Leo earlier, who'd missed a full year. And there can be other symptoms like disturbed sleep, anxiety. Connor, tell me more about this Senate report. What else has it found Yeah. So, Sam, this report was super validating for a lot of these parents who felt like they'd been struggling in the dark and had, you know, almost no official information to go with. And this um, official document has really sort of validated what they're doing. Mm. And it's found that while there's a lot of different reasons for school refusal, um, it's not a parenting failure, which many parents say they're still kind of being made to feel like Mm. that. Green Senator Penny Ormond-Payne, who's a former teacher and actually commissioned or pushed for the inquiry in the first place, says that it's a a stress response triggered by something uh, in the young person's uh, environment that's making them feel like that. There's often a perception that it's a behaviour issue or it's poor parenting, when in fact it's a stress response. And until we have teachers and healthcare professionals and school administrators really understanding that it's it's a stress-based response, it makes it really difficult to deal with it in positive ways that help a young person. There were other members of the committee I spoke to on background who said they went into this really sceptical and by the end of it, you know, were convinced that 
you know, this is a real problem and you can't just force the kids to go. It requires a much deeper understanding and um, response. And it also kind of um, knocked out of the park that idea that this only happened during the pandemic. And the inquiry heard that the key drivers of school refusal were um, disability, including autism, ADHD and learning disorders, mental health issues, including anxiety and depression, uh, and also bullying. Yeah. All right. So this committee, it did come up with a number of recommendations to try and address this issue. What does it think should happen? Yeah. So look, the very first one was that addressing just the fact that we have no reliable data at all still Mm. on this. So even though we're starting to understand this, most school systems, which are run at at state level, and then there's also the complication of, you know, more than a third of kids now going through private and independent systems, most places aren't keeping records on this. So the very first recommendation is to try uh, and develop a consistent definition and understand exactly how big the problem is. The other recommendations include subsidised mental health visits for young people, um, earlier interventions to try and kind of get to this uh, at an early stage before fear of school gets really entrenched, mm-hmm. a one-stop shop of support services providing resources and advice for parents because right now that's often just down to sort of activists and volunteers. The report also recommended giving funding to School Can't, an online support group for parents that's really been doing all the heavy lifting on its own. It's got 9,000 members currently and another 1,600 on its wait list. It's uh, a Facebook group that's run by social worker Tiffany Westfowl, who uh, had her own challenges with her daughter, and she's been, you know, balancing that, her own full-time employment, and then running this full-on support service. I think a lot of our parents have felt very isolated in their suffering and very misunderstood in the community. And so a lot of parents come to our group feeling often a lot of self-doubt. Because She also thinks, you know, a really key thing is for schools to better understand the stresses and mm. to stop kind of putting pressure on parents to say, you know, that we you could be punished for having these absences and... Also, just to make school more inclusive in general. Certainly, I know a lot of schools are doing really good work on that, but it can often be a bit piecemeal Mm. and vary a lot from one school to another. Mm, So it sounds like there's a fair bit of work still to do on this. The report also called for a national action plan on school refusal that should be delivered within the next 12 months. So that's still a year away. It's a huge problem, Connor, if that number of kids keep missing school. What about Amy and Leo and Rory? What will they do in the meantime? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Amy is a really big believer in public education, but Mm -hmm. she's said basically that Leo's going to be heading to year seven next year. She simply couldn't find a high school uh, that would accommodate him and his needs. So she's uh, forking out for a private school and she's hoping that starting year seven in a new environment will kickstart his learning again and his education. But, you know, basically the rest of this year is a write-off. Gosh. For Rory, she's still kind of waiting to see how things go. If that inclusion doesn't happen and if children aren't taught that people, that kids learn differently and it's okay to learn differently and we support, you know, you in whatever way you need to learn, then, you know, kids, there's always going to be these kids who are other than marginalised and not feel welcome in the classroom. We know that as kids 
go through school, they really struggle to pick up for lost learning. I think it's something like four out of five kids that aren't meeting minimum standards never actually catch up. And often that means that kids get very, very frustrated and very upset when they're constantly pushed to, to do something that everyone else can do and they can't. And until every child is welcome at school and every child is made to feel safe at school, we're failing. Connor Duffy is the ABC's National Education and Parenting Reporter. The Senate report found the national school attendance rate dropped from 90.9% in 2021 to 86.5% in 2022, although part of that decline could have been due to COVID-related illness. This episode was produced by Veronica App-App, Lara Corrigan, Anna John and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Cawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.